0: go ahead and uh, worship the Lord with our giving, with, with our tithes and offerings. Uh, as Pastor Kent mentioned, we're trying to raise money for the, the roof and the CMC, and if you've, you've been in there when any of, the, any of the melt-thaw cycles we've had or any of the, the um, uh, rain, you'll notice that there are a ton more leaks this year, uh, and so we're, we're trusting God to provide the resources for that. And then uh, also, uh, the early months of the year are always uh, a little low on giving, and so I just want to remind you, if you haven't got caught up on your tithes, we, that would be a blessing to your assembly to to do that. So let's go ahead and pray, and then the ushers will receive the offering. Lord, thank you for providing us with resources. Uh, Thank you for your faithfulness in the area of resources. Lord, I pray for all of the the resource uh, needs and uh, issues of our assembly today. Some people are waiting for tax refunds. Some people are waiting for bonuses. Whatever it might be, Lord, you're in control of all of the area of our resources, and for that we're grateful. Us managing our finances on our own wouldn't be a great thing. But when you're in part of that, 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 when we're in partnership with you, Lord, in the area of our finances, everything becomes so much better. And so, Lord, with joy and uh, what a joy and privilege it is for us to be able to give today. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. The ushers are going to receive the offering now. And uh, as Pastor Kent mentioned, the title of the message today is Overcoming Faith. And uh, overcoming faith is experienced in the blood of the Lamb the word of our testimony, and our willingness to give up our lives. And so if you would turn with me to Revelation 12, we will read our passage together. So Revelation chapter 12, verse 7. And it says, Now war arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was defeated, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. For they love not their lives even unto death. Let's pray. Lord, I just uh, invite your presence into our service today. Lord, uh, uh, I think there's many people here today who, who uh, need that overcoming faith. They've come in today with great needs. They've come in today with uh, things that seem insurmountable on their own. But, Lord, we know that when you get in the equation that all things are possible. And so, Lord, I pray that you'll build our faith today, Lord. Lord, I pray that uh, through this message, help me to, clear, to communicate with clarity, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. So in uh, Revelation chapter 12, we see there's a battle and uh, this isn 't news to a lot of us, but sometimes it 's easy to forget you know uh, this battle is what occurs in the spiritual realm, and since we can 't see the spiritual realm with our physical eyes, sometimes it 's easy for us to forget that that there 's a battle occurring but it 's important for us to to remember that because uh as in every battle there 's a there 's a two parties right you can 't have a battle i guess you could have can you have a battle with one person? I don't know how you could. It'd be kind of awkward. Uh But uh, but uh, for, for purpose of my illustration, the battle needs two uh, parties, uh, the opposing party and the other party. And it's important for us to remember that because as you're going through life, sometimes you get uh sideswiped. You get hit by things uh, that seem to come out of nowhere. And sometimes those are attacks of the enemy. And that's one of the things as Christians we have to discern is when we do get sideswiped, when things come along, we have to to discern, is that, you know, just everyday life is this is this just cancer or is this an attack of the enemy and that's that 's one of the challenges of the Christian life is discerning uh, where those attacks are coming from or where those those the, those things are coming from uh, but but it 's important for us to remember that there 's a battle. The next thing that we have to remember is that there 's an accuser who wants to defeat us, and uh, i don 't know about you but uh, Sometimes in my brain, the, the the things that start rolling around uh, just are unbelievable when it comes to things that the accuser has to say. And I think it's helpful for us to think about a courtroom situation. One of my favorite uh, American literature books is To Kill a Mockingbird. And uh, it's, I, I think it's Harper, I forget the person's last name, or maybe... Maybe that is their last name. I can't remember. But the person who wrote To Kill a Mockingbird, one of my favorite books, I love the story of of the tension between the racial things that was going on. And uh, they have a courtroom scene. And uh, the way court works is uh, you have two parties, and and one party is bringing evidence against the other party. And uh, that's what happened in *To Kill a Mockingbird*. You had uh, the the the, the African American man who is falsely accused of committing a crime, and then you had the other the prosecution who was saying he he did the crime. And so both parties were bringing their witnesses together to to say who who did what. A couple of uh, number of years ago, I served on a jury, and uh, it was a a great educational system, a great way to uh, learn about our justice system. And after having served on the jury, I actually appreciated our justice system a lot more uh and so you know if you ever get the chance this is a side note if you ever get the chance to be on a jury uh that's it's not really that fun but it's a, a critical part of our society and so uh it's it's a, a, a important part of serving the community uh making sure that justice uh prevails in, in different situations but anyway i was i was serving on this jury and uh, the jury's job was to make a decision as to whether or not the person was guilty and so the state in this case was bringing together all of the evidence they they uh, had the pictures of what they thought supported that the, the person was, had committed the crime. They had the, the evidence of, uh, from the police. They had emails. They had all of these different things that they felt supported their case for why this woman was guilty. And and in the end, in this case, we did uh, the jury trial I was on. We found the, the, the woman is guilty. But in the same way, we all have an accuser who's bringing evidence against us and f- before the Lord. And he's saying, Brian, I know what you did. Uh, uh, you know, and, and, and he's pretty familiar with uh, the things that are that my weaknesses. And he's pretty familiar with the things I did. And you know, a lot of times he's right. Uh, he's correct in, in the accusations he brings. But a lot of times, they're false. He connects the wrong dots. He says, Brian, you did this uh, 10 years ago, Uh, brings it to my memory today, and... uh but he, he forgets that we have somebody who's adjudicating he put something but this, who's a, a, a very a, a good and gracious God who, who puts something between the, the person bringing the evidence and the evidence that's against us. And so it's really neat that, that we can see God as, as he's a judge, but at the same time, he, going into our next point there, uh, uh, we overcome the accuser by the blood of the lamb, the word of the testimony, and a love for God that's greater than life itself. And so when these accusations come against us, we—that's when we start pleading the blood. We say, "Oh yeah, yeah, I—I'm I, guilty of that. I did those things, but between me and you, but be, between me and the accuser, I plead the blood of Jesus." And I can't remember what song it was, but there's a song I think uh, that says, "I plead the blood." And it's a it's a great thing to know that we have have something between us and, and uh, uh, the accuser. And um, I, as I was as I was uh, waking up this morning, uh, this this illustration came to mind. And uh, yes, I'm going to hurt the plant for all of you plant lovers. But don't worry, I'm going to plant like ten more to make up for this this uh, this uh, 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 tragic situation. But. Uh, you know, sometimes the, the enemy comes into your, into your life, he comes in uh, when you're in a, a vulnerable moment, and he says, you know, 10 years ago, uh, you were at a computer and you looked at something you shouldn't have, and uh, he reminds you of that. Uh, later on, he says, you know, in that, that relationship with your boyfriend or girlfriend, uh, you know, you did some stuff that wasn't pleasing to the Lord, and he he reminds you of that. He says, you know, maybe the 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 illness in your body is due to some choices you made in high school and uh he he rem- reminds you of that. Maybe he says, you know, your kid would be serving the lord if you were a better parent and he 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 jabs you at at that way. He says maybe you would be a better husband if uh uh uh, uh you read your Bible more, whatever. He, he's constantly attacking. And, and, and then some of the worst ones are where he doesn't actually cut something off. He just kind of breaks it and leaves you wounded. So you're like, I'll never be successful. I'm, I'm, you're, you're, you're always stumbling over your words. You're always, uh, uh, messing up, uh, when you're on the stage, you're always, and he's, he's constantly attack, attack, attack. And then pretty soon, You have this plant that's dying because all of the things. And then he like really goes for the jugular. He says, you know, I'm going to remind you of that stuff you did as a kid. And then for some of you, he goes after the seed. He starts making you doubt. You know, you didn't really get saved, and he goes for that seed that was planted when you first became a Christian. And he says, "You know, you you re- that, that 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 encounter you had with the Lord at, 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 at youth camp that wasn't real. That was just something that you made up in your mind. That was just an emotion. And he brings all of this all of this to your memory, and and sometimes it feels insurmountable." You're like, how do I possibly go on when I have all of these accusations? Uh, my seed's been pulled out of the soil. I don't even have, I'm not even planted anymore. But, but we have somebody who comes between us. And all of these accusations, all of this brokenness, all of the, the uprooting, we have the Lord that comes in and he says, no, I planted. I planted you. That encounter at youth camp, that was real. That wasn't something you were just making up. That was a real encounter. Just because of the stuff that you're going through right now doesn't put all of those things that happened in the, to your past into doubt. The, the things that you might be facing right now, yes, they may be the, the consequent of decisions you made, but it doesn't mean that I don't still have a calling for you. It doesn't mean that I still don't have a plan for you. It doesn't mean that I, I don't have something that I want to do with your life. And so this accuser, he's ruthless. He comes in and, and does just exactly this. He takes everything, gets it all messy. And I didn't think through the mess very well here. Um, but but uh, he ruins. He ru- He tries. He wants to ruin and destroy your life. But that's where we have the opportunity where God says, uh, "I bring my." Uh, um, my sorry, <laughs> I'm trying to be serious here, and I have dirt all over the place. Um, but that's, that's where uh, we remind the accuser that Jesus overcame him with the, with the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And so we don't have to, to go through life. We don't have to go through life uh, feeling defeated. We don't have to go through life uh, uh, listening to those lies of the accuser. Uh, they'll, they'll probably be there, but they don't have to take the prominence they have in, their, in, our, in our lives. Uh, just last, uh, last uh, weekend, uh, there was, I, I, I had some news late in the week that kind of had me uh, feeling defeated and, and uh, had me feeling kind of down. And I, I came into this room uh, Saturday night. Uh, we, we gathered to pray for the services. And um, I came into this room last Saturday night feeling about this tall. And I just felt the Lord say, whose voice are you going to listen to? And uh, I think a lot of you are facing the same thing. You have something in your life. You have a health issue. You have a conflict. You have something going on. And uh, the voice of the accuser is saying, "You deserve what's happening to you. You, uh, you, you made this decision years ago, and that's you're just reaping what you sow. You, uh, you, you. All of these things just make sense. And uh, uh, and some of that might be true, but." We have somebody who stands between us and the accuser, and that's Jesus. And so today, if you're feeling defeated, just, just say, whose, whose voice are you listening to? And sometimes you have to say, quiet. Or if you, the words I wasn't allowed to say when I was a kid was, shut up. <laughs> but sometimes we need to talk to the enemy and get him to shut up because he's trying to, to defeat us. He's trying to lead us astray. But it's really important that we make sure that we uh, listen to the right voice. So we overcome the accuser by activating these three things in our lives. The blood of the lamb. Uh, Leviticus 17 tells us that the life is in the blood. It tells us that all, all, all life comes from the blood. And then in Hebrews, it tells us there is no forgiveness without the shedding of blood. The blood of the lamb is powerful. There is nothing we can do to change its power or effectiveness. Uh, the blood of the lamb was just as powerful when Jesus died on the cross as it is today in 2020. So whatever you're facing uh, over time, you know, you and I, if, if we would have slept as we sleep, as we do things, our bodies. But uh, uh, things, uh, I think I mispronounced that, Steve, sorry. The science guy will fix me. But, uh, but uh, all, of these, all of these things uh, that, that happen in life, they, 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 they diminish, they, they get worse over time. But not the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is just as powerful as it was two thousand years ago as it is today, and so that 's something we can hang our hats on when the accuser comes after us we can say no there's there's this this blood covering that that protects me when Jesus sees so when you're you 're saying all these things that, that that are coming against me you're reminding me of all these things uh, you're reminding me of things I said in the past things i've done and uh, but but the cool thing is all that Jesus sees is the blood he doesn 't see all those yucky things he doesn't see uh the things in my past he sees the blood and so the blood is what what is what covers us and, and protects us there the next thing is the word of your testimony to, and and uh uh So when you're giving your testimony, who are you giving it to? You're giving it in a court situation, you're giving it to the judge. You're saying, judge, uh, these are the facts as I see them. I didn't do this crime or I did do this crime, whatever it might be. But you're giving it to the judge. In this case, uh, you're you're giving your testimony to the accuser. You're reminding the accuser that, okay, you might be partially correct on this this one thing. That is true that I did that thing. But then you're also reminding him of what Jesus did for you. And when we choose to accept Jesus' forgiveness in our lives, when we choose to allow Jesus into the equation, when we choose to allow him to come into those areas of our life that that are dark, that are are broken, that's when uh, we remind the enemy that, yes, yes, all those things happen, but Jesus is my advocate. He's my protector. And he protects me from the accusations that you're bringing against me today. The, uh, the, the other thing about your testimony is the testimony is used to help build your faith. And uh, uh, sometimes uh, I, I think that's one of the reasons we have all of the stories in the Bible is because they help us build our faith. How would we know that that healing was possible? How would we know that people could be uh, freed of, of demonic possession if it weren't for some of these, these stories that we have in the Bible? And so when we share our testimony, it's used to build our faith. Uh, one of the things uh, that 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 I realized uh, in, in in sharing our testimony is how how the impact it has on us. Uh, last weekend I was meeting with a friend, and uh, he was he was down in the the doldrums. And uh, as I started talking, I didn't really have anything. Helpful for him i don 't think, but in sharing my testimony and sharing some of the things that the Lord was doing for me, it actually encouraged my heart greatly and it it reminded me that sometimes we have to tell our testimonies to build our own faith, to remind ourselves that okay I'm, I might be going into an unknown area, I might be uh, walking into an area that that i I feel like is set up for defeat but But I remember back when I was a kid the things that God did for me. Um, In my case, I remember uh, hearing stories about uh, when my grandfather prayed for people and they were healed. And I haven't seen that yet in my ministry, but by faith, uh, somebody's going to be healed under uh, ministry with me. Um, by faith, uh, these things that are just stories right now are going to become our story. And that's the cool thing about the gospel is it's, it's a living thing. It's not just something that we're reading in a history book. It's not just something that we're reading as, as, as historical fiction or something like that. But these are things that we can have today. If, if if we part, when we choose to partner with the Lord, and so sharing your testimony helps build your own faith. Sharing your testimony helps build the faith of others. Sometimes hearing a, a story that someone's sharing of, of something that's going on in their life helps build your faith. Uh, I remember many times when, when I'm, I'm feeling discouraged or uh, times when I'm feeling uh, that, that uh, things are against me. I remember stories that, that Pastor Kent and others have told of where God has been faithful, where they've stepped, taken that step of faith and God has come through and and, and, and has always shown himself strong. And those are the, the stories that that build our faith to actually take those steps of faith. Because if, if we didn't have the stories of, of God coming through in the, the dark times, of, the, of God coming through uh, in those moments, uh, one of the, the, the stories of, of, on, in the area of resources, I always remember Pastor Faye telling the story about how her dad, uh, when, he, when he came to Christ, they made the decision to tithe. And uh, in that decision, I, I don't remember exactly the story, but something to the effect of they were down to the last grains or the last uh, bit of food. Food that they had for their family, and her dad got the family around together. he said, uh, "Well guys, uh, we have you know a hundred dollars we can and this is our tithe money we 're out of food, but we 're going to go ahead and uh, give this money to the Lord as he instructed, and then have faith that he 's going to provide the food we need and if I remember correctly uh, shortly thereafter then somebody knocked at the door and uh, had food for their family and so it 's like in, in those moments when i'm i 'm doubting okay are there does God really have the resources for the ministry that he's put before us. We have a leaking ceiling in our CMC. We have uh, different needs in our buildings. Do, 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 do we, do, can God really uh, come through? And that's when I remember the uh, stories of Pastor Cinnamon and how uh, they were trying to finish the building project and the banker was about ready to stop the building project. And uh, Pastor Cinnamon took up an offering and uh, <laughs> uh, waited till the next morning when the bank was full and went into the bank and said, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And he handed the banker the t- Check for the money that they needed but it's these kinds of stories that build our faith without these stories without uh, us remind, being reminded of what God has done in the past it, we don't it, it's hard for us to get the faith of what he can do in the future and so the word of your testimony is an important part of building not only your faith but the faith of others the last thing uh, here in, in this part of our notes is a love for God that is greater than your own life the power of the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony is activated when your love for God is greater than your own life. And uh, this is something, you know, Pastor Kent and I were, were talking the other day about how uh, uh, the... Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, back in, you know, a few hundred years ago or, you know, a thousand years ago uh, when, when the early, or a couple thousand years ago, I guess, when the early church was going, this was considered a privilege, uh, giving their life was something that they aspired to. Uh, you know, they they considered it a privilege. And for most of us nowadays, we really don't even, you know, I mean, you'd have to kind of look for an opportunity to, to be able to actually give your, your life. Uh, it's not something that's necessarily easy for us these days. But but still the same. Uh, And so in some ways, our sacrifice is harder because we have to make sure our hearts in a place where we're ready to give our lives, uh, even though it may or may not happen. And, you know, with the world the way it is these days and uh, things going in the direction they're going, it seems like uh, the possibility of us having to give our life might be sooner than we think. But at the same time, uh, we have to, to make sure our heart's in a place. We're re- ready to say, Lord, I, there's, there's nothing that's uh, more of a privilege than to give my life to you. Uh, the, the things you've done in my life, just the, sending Jesus to die on the cross is enough. And so, Lord, what an opportunity, what a privilege it is to give my life. And so uh, uh, when when we're going through life, the Lord is calling. He's asking us to do various things. And uh, for some of us, it feels like it's giving up our life. When the Lord is saying, you know, uh, Brian, I want you to, to give up this part of your life for a season. It feels like he's ripping it. And, you know, have <laughs> my finger's stuck around it. And he's, he's pulling it. And it feels painful at the moment. But what a joy it is when when we trust the Lord with our lives. What a joy it is when we say, okay, Lord, I love you more than... I love you more than life itself. I love you more than uh, the things that this world brings. I'm going to put my trust and my faith in you, God. And so, as we as we as we talk through that, what are the things that keep us from loving uh, our lives more than loving the Lord more than our lives? And uh, one of the things is fear. I think uh, fear of the consequences that we have in the natural. Uh, for for many of us, sometimes it's not it's not even physical fear. It's a fear of being of rejection, a fear of being seen as that that weird crazy guy. Um, and uh, 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 it's it's fear. Fear fear stops us. You know, we we get ready to take that step of faith, and then fear stops us, and we say, you know, on second thought, I don't think that's really from the Lord. I'm going to back off, even though you you really did know that that was from the Lord. And uh, and so sometimes you have to you have to force yourself to go beyond that fear and and say okay Lord I'm I'm stepping out now I'm going to trust you uh, with whatever happens whatever I face I'm going to trust that that you're good and that you're going to catch me uh, in this this area that I'm going in. Another thing that that stops us from from uh, uh, trusting God uh, in His love is is the the pride. Uh, pride uh, pride wells up within us a lot of times and it, it's the it's pride that says you know. You know, let's 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 think of something. The the Lord's asking you. Uh, uh, what was that story of the the um, pastor? Um, I just forgot his name. The Kauffman guy, um, uh, Dick Schroeder. Uh, when he was here, uh, he was telling the story about a guy who was waiting at the airport, and the Lord told him to stand on his head in front of the 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 the, the soda machine, and. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm impressed that the guy did that. I don't know that I I think pride would have stopped me from doing that, uh, truthfully. Uh, and I'm ashamed to say that. But I I, I I I just knowing me, I think that's how it might end up. Um, but pride keeps us from sometimes following in the Lord, uh, following the calling that He has, following in His steps because we say, uh, you know, I, I Lord, you're asking me to do this, but I I that's really weird. You know, I'm, that's just really, really wacky and weird. I'm not, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to do that. And uh, we, 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 that's, that's pride rising up because we're saying my agenda is more important than what God is calling me to do. My agenda is more important than following in obedience to what the Lord is asking me to do. And so we want to watch uh, these places in our heart uh, that we're not letting fear or that we're not letting pride get in the way uh, between us and the Lord and and keeping us from experiencing all that God wants us to experience. And so today is as, as we wrap up our our uh, this part of the message I wanted to illustrate uh, the kind of how this works out. And so uh, I didn't tell I didn't tell you this mel but uh, on Monday morning I woke up with a dream uh, from uh, and I uh, <clears throat> Excuse me. All I saw was uh, uh, fear and uh, uh, different things representing fear and, and, and stuff that's going on in the world. And then I saw your face. And then I saw, and then this verse about the, the, the word of the testimony came to me. And I, and it and it became very apparent to me that we need to share our testimony. And so I asked Melanie Kirksey to come up and uh, share what uh, the testimony of what God has done in her life. So come on up, Mel. Give Mel a hand. You guys can be a little intimidating, so Mel, just pretend like it's you and I talking. They're not here; uh, they're just they're just some observers, some friends of ours. And uh, Mel, tell us about how, how uh, what life was like before you found Christ.
1: Um, I. is add on. Okay, perfect. Um, for me, uh, we we grew up in church, so my grandmother would take us to church, and of course, back then they didn't have uh, children's ministry. And so we would go and actually sit in the pews, and she would give us these big stacks of, like, Lifesavers. She would buy us the flavor ones, and we would each have a row, because it was, like, six of us. So she would buy the packs, and we would eat our Lifesavers, and then we'd fall asleep. That's what
0: some people are doing now. They're falling
1: asleep. (laughs) um, But that was just a consistent thing, and then afterwards we would just, you know, go to breakfast or whatever the case may be, but there was there was no like connection there I mm-hmm. guess because I didn't know I guess my grandmother knew but I didn't know the Lord so it was just me going to church going through the motions yeah and just okay. being drugged to church and and you know um
0: and so when did you uh when did you realize that that you needed the Lord what happened
1: it's so funny because I actually I I tried one more time to go and be a part of another church But like my friend had invited me to her church, and I said, "Oh, okay." We were, I guess, middle school, kind of on the verge of teenagers, or at least we thought we were teenagers. Um, But I went to her church, and everyone just kind of fell out. Like this is awkward. (laughs) So it was it was so weird for me because I was like, uh, "I'm the only one standing," and like this is awkward. Like, what do I do? Like, I'm, I'm I was like, "Okay, well, I'm never going back. Like, never going back to that church." So I'm okay. So I honestly avoided. Um, church for quite some time until I got to college. And what happened in college? Uh, I got my, well, I got myself into a lot of trouble um, doing stuff that I had no business doing. And and to be honest, looking back on it now, I always found the Lord to be faithful. And so um, during my college season, I always felt alone. Uh, It could be a crowd full of people or if I'm when I was at a party um, even with the group of people we always traveled and I guess you would call it a pack but we always traveled in a group and even with them I just felt by myself Um, there was a lot of just that that feeling of just being alone Um, there was nobody that was really there even though they were always there Like you would always turn around and we would always hang out. We'd go eat together. And so I remember one day um, being somewhere I shouldn't have been and wind up, God wind up putting me back into my dorm safely. Um, But I wind up sitting there in the dark in my dorm room. And for some reason, I didn't have a roommate, which I was supposed to. (laughs) I don't know why, but I didn't have a roommate. And I sat in the dark and I cried. And I just said, "Well, if if I'm supposed to be alone, you know, if you're supposed to be here, then you know, why do I feel this way? Like it would, I always feel like there's nobody else around." And I remember, I remember having that feeling of like someone running their hand down your back, like that that soothing feeling. But it freaked me out because I was like, "I'm not. I don't want a part of this." Like I was like, "No, thank you." Uh, but before then, um, I actually had a friend that constantly. Looking back on it, she would constantly ask me to go to church. And I'm like, yeah, no, like, we're in college. We're supposed to be enjoying our life. Um, But she would constantly ask me. And so after having that experience, she asked me again. And I said, fine, I I said, fine, I'm going to go, you know, I have nothing else to lose. Like, why not? When I went to the church, that same feeling of, you know, the hand, that soothing Feeling of someone being there, not feeling that aloneness like it overwhelmed me when I walked in the door of the church. Um, and at first, it was just routine, you know, me constantly going. But I started to learn who he was, and that I was never really alone. I just never asked him in. Right. So now I do it on a regular, even when I'm mad at him, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> I ask him in and um i've never i've never felt that alone feeling or that by myself feeling anymore
0: praise god i'm grateful very good thank you mel appreciate you sharing give her a hand and so lord some of us come today and we feel alone we feel like there's nothing left we feel like uh the the we, we can be in this room full of people. We can have a thousand friends on Facebook. We can have all of these connections and feel constantly alone. But Lord, we thank you that you're, we're not alone. You're with us. And so Lord, when we invite you into our lives, uh, when we invite you to be part of our story, uh, you start rewriting things. Those things that, that were in our past, uh, uh, you, you, you cover them with the blood of Jesus. We remind the accuser that even though I have those things in my past, even though I, I was places I shouldn't have been, uh, there were things I did that I'm, I'm ashamed of. We can say, accuser, look, I'm covered by the blood of the lamb and, and, and remember that. And so, Lord, I pray for those today that might be here and feeling all alone. Lord, we ask that that, that feeling of loneliness will go. Lord, I just pray that you'll open our hearts now as we as we sing this next song, Lord. Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit will shine the light on places of our heart where we maybe haven't fully surrendered to you. Maybe there's parts of our heart where we're listening to the, that other voice, the voice of the enemy, and uh, all of the things, the, the nasty things he's reminding us of, the discouraging remarks he makes. Lord, we're, we've been listening to those, and they've taken too uh, high of a level of prominence in our hearts and so, Lord, we commit today to listen to your voice. We commit today to remind the enemy of, no, I, yeah, those things you might be accusing me are true. But I serve a strong and mighty God who, uh, who's covered me with, with his, the blood of his son so that, that he doesn't see those things anymore. In Jesus' name. So Jana going to lead the Jana and the team are going to lead us in this next song, and um, uh, we're going into to the time of, of Resurrection Sunday of, of Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames. And one of the the opportunities we have to do during that season is praying for those who are lost, praying for our friends, our loved ones who are who are not following the Lord. And so we have posters around the room that Danae prepared for us, and on those posters uh, we want you to put on a sticky note the name of a, co- a coworker, or a friend, somebody who's uh, heavy on your heart to pray for that they they come and meet the lord at heaven's gates and hell's flames we want to have you put your your their name on the sticky note put it on one of those posters and then that's going to be uh, our part of our prayer list for the season of prayer uh, for getting ready for heaven's gates and hell's flames so as janna leads us in this next song uh, let's go to the, the 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 crosses and and write down those names of loved ones that the lord's put on our hearts thank you